Hi, welcome to another episode of the Jaguar Podcast. As always, I'm Victor and I hope you're well. Today's episode is definitely going to be published on 1st October, Nigerian Independence Day. And typically, I would want to go on and say a lot of beautiful things about Nigeria. But to be honest, I don't think there is any beautiful thing to say at this moment especially not after the sham of an election that recently happened and the whole judicial, um, the whole electoral tribunal thingy. And most recently, the whole um, Mubad issue and all the the controversies that his death has sprung up, which unfortunately, it doesn't even seem like the government, the police are able to do anything about. However, we're going to talk about Nigeria in today's episode. And before we do that, I would like to have my guest introduce himself. Um, hello, my name is Timmy. Um, I'm a student in the Britain, Hungary, and I'm studying computer science engineering. I've been here for uh, two years now, I guess. And yeah, that's pretty much everything about me. <laughs> All right, thank you to me for joining. So thank you for having you, me. Okay, yeah. So what have you been up to? What exactly did you do this week? School. <laughs> Literally nothing else. School. School. Um go to the gym. School. Go to the gym. <laughs> All right. I mean that should come for something. Yes. I mean, okay, well, to be fair, yesterday there was a concert in Budapest with okay. Young John. And, you know, there was some hype about it that, oh, Nigerian artists are finally coming to Hungary to perform. Yeah. When I thought about it, I was like, more oh, to start leaving my city, traveling. It just, it just, if it was that I was already in Budapest and yeah. I heard that Young John was. Um, around yeah sure I could have said okay let me go well the whole idea of traveling is just mm, I know what yeah. you mean traveling sometimes <laughs> can feel like a lot of work yeah especially for a concert I mean I yeah. really I don't think I like being in a space with a lot of people mm-hmm. imagine traveling to just go and be in a space a lot exactly that would be exactly. now but also, Young John seems to be everybody's. I mean, a lot of us, a lot of people love Young John. So I've also been mm-hmm. experience. If you ask me, mm, yeah, I mean, I saw some like friends' stories that it seems like they had a lot of fun. But yeah, just the idea though, of me traveling <laughs> to go yeah. and see, I I don't think it would have been you know worth it. Yeah, not worth it because I don't want it to seem like I'm saying um young john is not worth my time it's just like say how i prioritize things yeah going to a concert is not like well i say the number one thing on my list so but honestly if young john were to be in my own city like where i'm living for sure because it's yeah. like it once with a lifetime opportunity that type of thing so you know yeah i, th- I think that definitely makes sense so about my week, what have I done recently? I think basically, <laughs> so this is, again, one of the weeks I'm supposed to finish my thesis. However, I can confirm that I did not even, okay, I did a little work, but nothing serious. So still writing my thesis, I've always said I'm going to, I've always, because I hate things that I have to do for a long stretch of time. And I've always I've had like at least three different deadlines about the day I'm going to complete my thesis. And so far, so good. I mean, since I'm still writing it, that means I've not been able to complete it. So most of this week was basically me brooding over the fact that I've not been doing anything. And you think maybe I'll get angry and maybe start doing something, but eventually mm. I'll just pick up my phone and mm, I totally, it I totally understand. Like one of my friends who says intention that counts, and I'm going to take it that <laughs> intention at the, in, in the first place. And it's such yeah. a something. True, true. True. I mean, but then there's also what's what's I'm, I, I don't know what the saying is, but something about action and um what? is it 
Uh, is it action and words? Action speaking louder than words? No, um, it has something to do with intention. It's not the intention that matters. It's the act that matters or something like that. Because at the end of the day, it's like the professors are going to see your intention and use it to mark your thesis. <laughs> well, right, there is that. But I think I'm just going to console myself that these I had good intentions. True, true, true. Yeah. True. And then we'll try again next week or the week after. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so let's get into it. How did your journey to Hungary start? Oh, okay. Um, it's a very long story because I don't even know. I don't even know where I will start from because it's like a story that has part one, part two, part three. <laughs> because you give um, us a summary. <laughs> okay, summary. Uh, so basically, when I was done with um secondary school. Obviously, the next thing was to start looking for universities. So, me and my mom, there's literally, I think it was during that period that I was able to learn almost all the countries in the world because there is nowhere, I swear to God, there is nowhere in this world I probably didn't look at. Um, Indonesia, Philippines, Mexico, literally countries. I'm not like trying to say like Nigerians don't go to these countries to study, but like, when a Nigerian says they want to go abroad to study, it's usually like the US, UK, Canada. But we were looking everywhere, everywhere. We applied for some scholarships here and there. And that was when we got to hear of this um, Hungarian stipendum scholarship thingy. So I applied and... <clears throat> Okay, I, actually, I couldn't apply for that scholarship because the scholarship was actually for 18-year-olds and above. And at, as at that time, I was still 17. So yeah. since since I couldn't apply for the, the scholarship to Hungary, there was a scholarship to Russia. So I applied for that scholarship and I got the scholarship. But then they said that before I can, like the condition is that I would have to learn Russian language for a year. And obviously, I'm, I'm not saying like that's a bad thing. It's just literally the year that I applied, the year I was, oh, what the fuck am I saying? My gap year between school, after yeah. my graduation from school, I used that period to learn the Russian language. So when these people now came telling me that I'd have to learn the language again, I was like, no, I'm sorry. I know what I went through learning this thing and they want me to come all the way come and start from the beginning again so I was like nah I won't you know take the offer so my parents were like um since so another funny thing is that after I couldn't apply for the scholarship to Hungary yeah. that was when I like say realized or I got some information that we had some family friends who were here in Hungary okay. so my parents were like okay well since you wouldn't be like a complete stranger in like um a different country, let's just take you to Hungary. Um yeah, that's pretty much how I ended up here. Interesting. And how's it been for you? Uh I actually don't hate it. <laughs> okay. I mean, I I mean I miss Nigeria and Jesus fucking Christ. I remember when I was in Nigeria, I was like, oh my God, I can't wait to leave. I can't wait to leave, blah, blah, blah. But who? If I go back to Nigeria, I think I might probably cry. And the first thing I'll probably do is eat cliche. Because, okay. yes, I, I really miss Nigeria a lot. But being in Hungary, like I said, I, I wouldn't say I hate it. I also wouldn't say it's like, you know, the, <laughs> the best country in the world. But I, I think it's, as a student... The yeah. city that I'm living in, I think it's perfect enough as a student. Yeah, I think I think that makes sense. And just like you said, I find that I miss Nigeria. To be fair, I'm not, okay. I was never really keen on living outside of the country. I just wanted to maybe do my master's and then return back and all of that. Mm-hmm. Just the way things are going now, I think I'll most likely stay back after my master's. But mm-hmm. the fact that I miss Nigeria sometimes and what i miss about nigeria is obviously mostly the food and the air and the environment yes yes and you know you just talked about the fact that if you go there you might you start with kilishi 
I I said I was going to make a list of the things I want to eat when I go there, but I randomly think about things, food that I, once I get to Nigeria, I'm going to eat and eat and eat and eat and yeah. eat like it was going to be my last time. <laughs> I totally understand. Funny thing is, when I was in Nigeria, yeah, being from a Yoruba family, especially family from Ibadan, Amala was like. A constant thing <laughs> yeah and i got i got tired of it and my parents were like you're, go- you're going to miss this thing when you leave you're going to miss this thing when you leave there was a day one of my friends just called me she told me she made amala with ibidu and i wanted to cry i wanted to cry because it it was ah uh, i don't even know the words i used to explain if it's nostalgic if it's will i say sentimental or what but it was like say an emotional moment for me because <laughs> I yeah, love I food. I really love food. <laughs> I, totally, I totally get that nostalgic feeling, and I said this because it was sometime last year I made ofako. That's banga soup, mm. and I remember it didn't even taste as good as I remember it. And it's not just because I couldn't. I mean, it's one of the things I really know how to cook. But I just mm-hmm. didn't feel like what it was, the familiar taste I always mm-hmm, get. Mm-hmm. It was disappointing. But mm-hmm. my friend that came around was so happy and was eating it. And I'm like, oh no, if this guy had eaten it while, I, while in Nigeria, where I had yeah. all the right access to the right ingredients, ingredients. I don't have to buy mm-hmm. it tinned. But I get what you mean. Sometimes food can make it very sentimental. I went for a party sometime in August and I saw, um, what's it called? Roasted yam. Ooh. The way I was so excited. Do you know I stained, <laughs> I stained my shirt with oil that day? Oh that shirt God. is still stained. I couldn't wash it off. Like I was okay. so excited that I saw roasted yam for the first time in about two years. And of course, I I jumped into it. I, there was jollof rice, obviously, which is like the staple thing when it comes to a Nigerian mm-hmm. party or event. I didn't even touch jollof rice throughout the event. I had to just... Yeah take some home i had oh. i had roasted yam i had roasted plantain i had um coleslaw imagine having coleslaw which i've been craving coleslaw and of course it's very easy to say it's easy to make when i think yeah. about the process of doing coleslaw by myself i'm like if i do it now who now eat it and i'm like oh goodness and i saw yeah. coleslaw and i consumed it in as much quantity as i could and that day like that could easily count as one of the happiest day for me last month oh. Well, let's not talk so much about food. <laughs> so um, I think I recently interviewed someone who also lived in Hungary, and I think I forgot to ask about job search. How is it for a job as a foreign student in... Oh, blood of Jesus. <laughs> Let me tell you. Okay. See, Ba. Okay, mm-hmm. so since I'm not in the capital... Yeah. Funny enough, but I mean, Debrecen, and apparently they said that Debrecen is the second largest city in the country. Yeah. Debrecen, I can swear to God that there are estates in Abuja bigger than this city. Bosha, let me not digress. Okay. Um, Looking for jobs here, bro. <laughs> the reason I'm laughing is yeah. because I know what I've been through looking for jobs here. The first time I found a job here, it was, will I say, the hustle mentality from Nigeria that I brought with me. I said, no, by fire, by force, I must get this job. Yeah. They called us into their office. They gave us all the, like, was it um, requirements, blah, blah, blah. And one of the requirements was that you're supposed to be at least 18. I wasn't 18. I was 17. Yeah. And as a 17-year-old, obviously, child labor laws and stuff like that, you're not allowed to work, things like I lied to these people that I was 18. I was thinking, do not fire. How would they know that I'm 18? Yeah. Only for me, two weeks later, they told me that I'm fired. I was like, I'm fired. How? And before I found that job, Jesus, it was, I I had to skip some classes just to, because I also had to do medical tests. Yeah. I had to do a whole bunch of um, document signing. I had to get my tax number. I had to do a lot. So when they told me that I was fired, I was like, damn, doesn't mean I actually have to wait till I'm 18 to um, actually look for a job. Okay, so no problem now. When I finally turned 18, let me look for jobs in the city. 
there are no jobs available in this city. Most students here work as customer service. Um, is it representative or something? Yeah, representatives, for, yeah. For Ryan Air. And <clears throat> basically, before you before they kind of employ you, um, and when I say onboard you to the whole whatever, whatever, they'll first give you a training for two weeks, and you're supposed to like pass the training before you can start working. This is that, that, that. So, me now, I applied. So, <laughs> funny thing is, I actually applied to this company like three times, they rejected me, but okay. thank god, the fourth time, they sh- um, what's it called? Um, they called me, I, I passed the interview it was time for the training the training was going on well it was going on well until the last day no the penultimate day of the training that was when they told me that um okay the test because every day of the training you're supposed to write the test on what they taught you so that's how they nasty that oh unfortunately my scores didn't meet the um what's it called the so, requirement the requirements so i couldn't continue from there so meaning that the two weeks, because the training was from like 8 a.m. to like 6 p.m. Yeah. And for two weeks. So me, I was like, so I tried to tell you that <laughs> I came here Monday to Friday <laughs> for two weeks from 8 to 6. I am telling me that you will not give me the job. <laughs> but I mean, when they said that there was nothing else I could do. So yeah. I just had to be like, well count your losses and move on but then there are food delivery companies i guess in the country so i was able to like register even that one self it also wasn't easy but i was able to register for that one and luckily this one it's like um freelancer type of work because you can work anytime you want whenever you are free so i just took that one instead because being in school, obviously, it gives me more flexibility and obviously the pay is not like the best. the best, especially being in Hungary. But, you know, it's something. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. Money is money, I guess. True. I mean, I think, but do you think, sorry, is it, so the language issue is not like a barrier to getting a job? Eh, it is. Well, okay. It depends. Okay, so like I said, since the city I'm in is in Debrecen, yeah. there are not a lot of like, there's not a lot of international, um, I mean, there are international students, but it's not like, um, what's the word? It's not like Budapest where like you can say a lot of business interactions have to take place in English. Yeah, in but Bud- I mean, I think I was asking because you mentioned a lot of them worked with Ryan uh so yeah. it, does it does Ryan have like a physical office or is it basically an online thing? Well, okay, it depends on there is a physical one, there is an online one. Mm-hmm. But for the Ryan Air own, the reason they employ international students is because we can speak English. They okay. have they have um for Spanish, they have for French, they have for a bunch of other um European languages. So because they know that the international students would have or would most likely have a better command of the English language than the yeah. Hungarian, um, this thing. That's why they're like, okay, you guys, you international people, go and, go and take this one. As. <laughs> this is what we can offer you guys. Yeah, okay, I think that makes sense. So does it make, is, is Ryan a, a Hungarian company? Because I, I didn't even know that. It's Irish, I think. Oh, okay, but they just have an office in Hungary. In Hungary. Yeah, yeah. Oh, interesting. All right. So, um, I mean, I think it also makes sense that uh, um, the language proficiency is going to affect things because over here in Germany, too, sometimes certain jobs, especially any job that involve interacting with people, mm. also require that you have at least a B1 level proficiency of German language. German. Yeah. All right. So let's now talk about the Twitter, um, the tweet I said we are going to talk about. So for those who didn't know, I think sometime last, oh, this month, we're still in September. I'm trying to find the tweet now. So on, what day is this? On 10th September, Pisayo made a tweet on Twitter. And the tweet reads, people who left Nigeria, what was the thing that made you finally decide to leave? 
Now, for those who don't know, Spisayo is one of the biggest tech content creators in Nigeria. And I think he makes very interesting content. And obviously, I think from what I can see now, the tweet has 14.7 million views. And there's a, almost 1,500 um, quoted tweets. And some of the people shared their experiences. I'm sure you saw the tweets, Timmy. Yeah, I did. Is that, was there any particular tweet that really struck you particularly? Well, to be very honest, majority of the tweets were talking about um, their experiences with police brutality or their experience or like how Nigeria basically limits them in um, the things they're able to like achieve or things like that. So I, I think those were like the most common um, tweets I was able to see. Yeah, I think so too. But there's a particular tweet I saw once and I tried to go through the thread to see if I can find it again. I couldn't. And I was even mm -hmm. surprised I did take a screenshot immediately. So this person has said something about um, how it, she's freer to live as a masculine presenting woman. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I thought I wanted to see Oh, that. I think I saw that too. Yes. Yeah. I saw it, but I just really can't find it anymore. But by the way, I think there was a particular tweet that um, tweet that struck me, which is about this doctor. Let me, I'm going to read it out. So it's from an account at Dr. Chemeka. So he said, I just celebrated my birthday on May 26th in 2022 with my family in Oweri and returned to my place of work at Olu. I prefer to work to practice in a rural setting because most medics wouldn't, and I mean, who will save the populace there? Three days mm -hmm. later, while I was doing my rounds at 9 p.m., my nurses started fidgeting. They said there were people knocking on the hospital gate and they were really banging on the gate. I called this, I called this bluff and warned everyone not to interrupt my rounds. Give it 10 minutes, the staff screamed that some men had killed the fence and they and the other bursted the gates open with their boots. How was this even possible? The quickest thing I could think of was to equip myself with a well-sharpened machete, machete, but I recall that it was said that they came in numbers and the only way to take down such number of men would only be if I was Jackie Chan or one of the Mortal Kombat soldiers. The front door leading to the reception flew open and I witnessed men in camouflage storm the building. They cocked their rifles and began to beat both staff and patients. I took to my heels. I always told myself that I would rather resist a kidnap and get hurt than watch this kind of animal maim me like I have seen in the news. I scampered for safety to the back of the hospital. I jumped the fence, but briefly looked behind back into the hospital to really get a picture of the mayhem going on. I could count 20 minutes, I think immense men, armed to the teeth, shouting and beating people I swore to save. I knew there was no heroics to display. I jumped into the bush and immediately hid behind the palm tree. They found my stethoscope just in front of the fence. I used their torchlight to look quickly into the bush. And luckily for me, they didn't think it well to go after whoever left that equipment there. While I prayed and sent out messages to my loved ones, I silently gave up on Nigeria. Never in my life again. The sun will rise again and someone else Amen. will try to save that country. Definitely not going to be me. Peace. <laughs> I'm see you. From that tweet, but if there's anything that I can say, it's that I think Nigeria just, you just have to be on survival mode 24-7. And it's so, so stressful because the energy that you will use to relax or the energy that you say you want to use and probably think or even want to innovate or something. See, I can't even say I want to start getting to the, when I say Wahala with Nigeria, but basically I feel like Nigeria limits you in a lot of ways in regards to the fact that you just have to, you're always on the lookout for your life because you literally have no idea what's the next thing that could happen. 
if before I leave my house, like in Nigeria, when I'm living with my parents, my my parent, my mom especially, she has to know where I'm going to. If it's like a friend's house or whatever, she has to know like old friends, parents, and things like that where they are living because you just never know what could happen. I remember the first time I came to Hungary, before I could leave the apartment, I asked my roommate for permission. <laughs> Oh no. <laughs> and he found it so weird. He was like, Why are you asking me for permission? And even me, I thought about it. I was like, Why am I asking this guy for permission? And I left. I, I, okay. Um, the days after that, the, the few days after that, when I left the house again, I just realized that n- now I just feel I can, I can go out without being scared. Because I remember there are times when I'll be walking on the road in Nigeria and something will just come to my mind that, okay, what if a car passes now and somebody winds down his, his what's it called, his glass and yeah. starts shooting. There's literally something that happened when my aunt, she was taking me to school and she was pregnant. Yeah. And so I was like, how old was I that time? I think I was like 12 or 13 and I forgot my bag at home. Okay, now let us go back home, pick up my bag and we continue on the road. When we're going back home, when we're going back to school, yeah. after picking the bag, there was an accident on the um on the road. The road yeah. That's how you now see um federal road safety with guns. And they started federal shooting safety with guns. With guns. And they started shooting. And oh no. My aunt was pregnant. Like she had to. All I say is it start bending down and physically uh, dodge, yeah, for safety. Yeah, physically dodge. And the, the most annoying thing is the fact that a bullet, a stray bullet, literally hits someone. I don't understand how you would see that there's an accident, and the first response that comes to your mind is to okay, even if you want to be intimidating and carry gun, why in your right mind? is the next step of action for you to start shooting up and down like a madman. Now, basically, I can I can go out at 2 a.m., 3 a.m., walk anywhere I want to go to without... I'm not trying to say, like, there are no criminals here or, like... Yeah. Um, to be very honest, I've actually never seen a police station here during my two, 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 what's it called? two years of living here but yeah. i'm not trying to say like there are no criminals here or anything but the fact that i can leave my house whenever i want to without without like 50 percent of my brain thinking of oh Your something safety. goes wrong now where's the next place i can escape it's just it's so 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 relaxing there's there, there's this other thing i think it's a european i think it's an eu thing i'm not sure yeah. where like if you are walking on the road and you get to a zebra crossing and the cars have to stop for you. Exactly. I don't, <laughs> till today, I find it weird that the cars actually stop for me because I'm expecting, I'm expecting that if I, if I cross the pedestrian crossing, somebody will just wind down and say, decrease. You know, so funny look. story, funny story. <laughs> My first day in Austria, because I was in Austria briefly, mm-hmm. I had just arrived and I need to cross the other side of the road. Mm-hmm. I was in the middle of the road. I didn't see, I mean, because it was from, I came from the train station. I had gotten into a text that dropped me at the train station. Yeah. Wanted to cross. You know how normally you want to cross. You don't have to wait to, you don't have to get to a particular junction to do that. I mm-hmm. also thought, because, you know, when you try to start from a junction, because the cars could be coming from everywhere in Nigeria, it's best not to. So I actually walked yeah. the road trying to cross. But I realized, because I'm a very observant person, I realized everybody on the car was looking at me funny. I was thinking it's going to be a black person. I do. But it was after I crossed and I walked to the other end of the road, I also saw there was a zebra cross. And I was like, now it oh, makes sense. They expected me yeah. to cross from that end, but I was crossing mm-hmm. from the middle. Mm-hmm. And of course, when I had to come back, I had to see, again, I didn't know the city. This was my first time. Like, basically, I, this is the only place I've gone to outside the train station was the airport where I picked mm-hmm. a taxi that dropped me. So it's like, I just left the... um the train station to just cross to the other side of the road and mm-hmm. and did what I would have done in Nigeria and everybody was looking at me <laughs> funny and I was able to cross obviously mm-hmm. but it just that feeling I was so embarrassed when I mm-hmm. found out and yes yeah, it's it's one of those little things basically like what you said it's mm-hmm. like like this guy's story where he he basically tried to 
work a job that is exactly a good job in every um ramification everyone respects doctors but it just mm-hmm. confuses them because who even goes to rob a hospital exactly like you're shooting patients patients because <laughs> point because you know i don't think a hospital is one of those places that you expect a lot of money but again for people to go to rob hospitals i think it also have to talk show how desperate they are because they are counting on maybe the few pennies that the doctors have the nurses have collected from the patients and and then even yeah. trying to intimidate the patients, like why would you be robbing? Look, let's say you're robbing a hospital and you're beating people who are sick. The yeah. the wickedness of it all, and worst part, because in, in an ideal country, maybe there should have been like the police coming out sometime, maybe trying to save the day or something. But even if you, you can't call the police, there's no emergency contact. Like those people would actually carry out a whole robbery beats people up, main people, and goes cut free, and there's no repercussions for them. Mm. It's it's That's, it's crazy. It, funny thing is, someone someone was telling me that if you're on the road, if you're trying to cross the road and the car doesn't stop, they're going to find the car because if anything should happen, if a car should hit someone, it's not the person they're going to put the blame on; it's the car driver because. Why didn't you stop? And funny enough, that's actually another thing that I was thinking about. There was one time somebody was telling me that, oh, the reason he he, he prefers riding bicycles to driving cars is because there are sometimes traffic jams. And I was like, hmm? He was like, yeah. He was like, sometimes you can be on the road for like 10 minutes. And I was like... And <laughs> <laughs> that's supposed to be a traffic jam. And <laughs> that's supposed to be a traffic jam. I was like, oh, 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 okay, that's interesting. <laughs> I think, I think, I think this right one on that tweet I said. Let me quickly read it out. It says, "I dropped my coworkers traveling to Dubai at the airport around four thirty p.m. Their flight was scheduled for six p.m. I left the airport five thirty p.m. There was traffic congestion from the airport back to Bafo. They got to Dubai before me. I made up my mind that night." <laughs> Damn. See, did, I think I don't know. I don't have I've never been to Dubai, but I think it should be about six hours or so from my mm, to mm-hmm. Dubai. And then for you to drop someone at the at, airport. At, at, at the airport, even leave before they board their flight, and then somehow <laughs> they got to their destination while you're still on your way. In the same state. In the same state. <laughs> okay, I mean, I think it before is part of Ogun State, but it's okay. basically at the outskirts. It's mm. not like it's not that far inside of our... Yeah, but, but still. But it doesn't make any sense. Makes and I think sense. because yeah. here I've not seen any traffic that held for more than 10 minutes, like you mentioned, because it's like, mm-hmm. the road clears out, they have traffic mm-hmm. lights. Even if I've never really lived in a very big city, maybe if I've lived in Berlin or Munich, I would have seen, but I can count on one hand that I've been in traffic. And half of the time, it is because... There's a traffic. There's there's they are just waiting for the um, red light to turn green, and once it turns mm. green, the street clears up. I mean, it's not like a bad person, but you know, if I see mm-hmm. an accident scene, scene I actually get ex- not really excited, but it makes me feel oh wow, accident happened. Accident happened, yeah. <laughs> because in Nigeria, you can just wake up any day and you're on the street, you're involved in an accident. Mm. I think was twenty between twenty nineteen October and um, will I say February twenty twenty. I had I had I was involved in at least, at least three different accidents. Jesus. Only one person. I was actually like at time I was like maybe someone is really pushing me from the village like because how could it just be me? But it's also the fact that it's it's that very common for big accidents to happen in the country. It could just be a bike. It could be on a bus. It could be mm-hmm. anywhere. It could be anywhere. But here, you hardly see accidents. And mm-hmm. in terms of actually seeing accidents, there's always a police car close by. Basically, you can hear the siren. Or maybe you've also, the, the police are already, already, already there before you even get to the, um, the location. But of course, in Nigeria, if there's an accident, we all know how it ends. Yeah. It, funny thing is, there was a time I was even walking somewhere and I saw two cars crash into each other. Yeah. And ah, 
like I don't even know how to even explain it. I feel like okay, you know, like if it's in Nigeria now, what's the first thing that will happen? People will come out, bring out their phones, take pictures, say hey, yeah, yeah. Hey, pity pity, blah blah. <laughs> but this to be like, how do I even say this? Every other person just continued driving. The two people who were involved in the accident, they came down, they talked or seemed, I didn't hear what they were saying, but it seemed like they were having like a conversation on how they were going to, um, will I say fix their cars or I, I don't know what they were talking about. Yeah. But basically the fact that nobody came out and started, bah, bah, bah. hey, do you know who I am? Hey, you see what you did to my car? Bah, bah, bah. I just feel like, when you leave Nigeria, yeah. you get to experience some sense of, I don't want to say civility, but if I'm going to be very honest, I don't think we are very civil in what we call Nigeria. And there's a whole lot of order. There's a whole lot of structure. Like there are times when, there was a time when I went to the post office to pick up something and there's there's no, well, I say there's no, sign or there's no there's nobody that will come and tell you okay everybody should line up yeah but the first thing that comes to everybody's mind when they when they want to be served at a particular place is that they should you know queue up in a fashionly order and everybody will be attended so they say nigeria no that's that rarely happens if i think people have lack of structure that really is a problem just the same way because how do I say it? Like in the case now from those people that were involved in accidents, I think that the conversation they had were mostly about maybe who's going to repair the insurance and all of that. Mm-hmm, I think that's, mm-hmm. that's what I assume the conversation is going to be. Mm-hmm. But I think in Nigeria, it's a lot of people don't even have insurance. So if your car is poor, yeah. the first thing you're thinking, okay, I'm alive, but then who's going to repair this car? Fix my car. True, and true. then you want to intimidate the other person into yeah. taking responsibility, which is mm-hmm. why you are mm-hmm. shouting. And mm-hmm. the other people Onlooking is also like if they also need to side whoever is right so the person doesn't get intimidated, and which is why yeah. they're coming there. I mean, of course, I've had Niger- Nigerians are very Nigerians can show empathy at least more than Europeans from what I've seen, but it's also <laughs> aside that display of empathy, it's also the mm-hmm. fact that they need to side the right person so they don't mm-hmm. get intimidated. Yeah. So all of that, it kind of makes everything like a commotion, but the average person here knows that. There's a way to sort this thing out because there's already a structure in place. There's already plans about what's going to happen if there's an accident. It's also why if people go to the bank or see and go to any place and they see there's um someone being attended to just they just kill because they already know that there's a structure in place to ensure that mm-hmm. you don't assault the other person and that the right thing to do is you kill in an orderly manner, unlike in Nigeria, where everybody feels they are very busy, where you can also be on the queue and you just wake up and realize that they, they didn't attend to anybody on the queue because some people have paid their way through, if you know what I mean. So it's yeah, like, you know what you mean. let me as well just take advantage of this and maybe push someone into me, them if I have to. Instead of being orderly, let me just stand here and ground stand and then hopefully get things done but yeah that lack of structure i think is one of the most infuriating thing about being in nigeria to be honest you know there was a time when um, i was seeing on the news that they said nigeria wants to do population census counting blah 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 yeah talking about how much they will spend on counting nigerians i was here in hungary was it last year when they wanted to do their population census what did these people do they legit sent what's it called? Um letters, the post like envelopes here to basically every apartment in the country. I would like to assume that okay, well, there's going to be a population census counting, blah 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 yeah. blah. You have so 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 and so, you have to so 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 and so to fill the um documents. So I think you could either fill it on paper, then um send it to a post office, or you could fill your information mm-hmm. online, this, this, that, that. Then that was how one day my landlady and her husband came. She helped me and my flatmates to fill out the information. And I was like, this is this is just so much more convenient than probably almost anything Nigeria could ever come up with at this time. Of course. Because, because, <sighs> you, 
this was it called blue line blue, blue line well what did they say that the train is yeah the train i wanted to cry when i saw that this thing and i was like i'm not crying because oh it's a big deal i'm crying because 2023 we have to wait till big 2023 budapest and a bunch of other european cities have have had this for like how many years now how many decades if not even maybe a century sir but it's now that we are trying to catch up we can't even say we are catching up like they've left us behind and <laughs> you know, it's not really a catch up and then back to the thing you said about people being unstructured the way people were rushing into the car into mm-hmm, the train mm-hmm. trying to find space mm-hmm. and all of that and like again because it's part excitement it's also part um trying to be fast or whatever it is that i just mentality mm-hmm. and it's like let no, but let this opportunity not pass me by. exactly because what in your big age are you really i mean ideally why is someone in that at, at, at their big age trying to run to catch a train not because they are missing the train but just because they want to quickly get in and get a space mm-hmm. and they have the experience of having used this thing that they never got a chance to use almost all through yeah. and it's 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 very sad and also you bring up you yeah, brought yeah, up yeah. about the population sensors i was a child when they did the 2006 census and but i remember that they had announced um let's say public holiday for a few days for people to stay at home and get counted. Mm-hmm. I don't think nobody came to my house, if I remember correctly. <laughs> and I wasn't the only one. A lot of us, because we went back to school, and we were talking about it. Some were saying that people came to their house, they were given a form to fill. And one of my other brothers had worked in, you know, because they recruited people to do auxiliary stuff to help in the mm-hmm. country. My brothers did. And they also talked about how they, they couldn't get to everywhere eventually. But it's like, why is that a thing that because obviously you can't even if you pay people and tell them to go to every house, they almost likely would not get to. And then because mm-hmm. Nigeria don't even have addresses, so even if you really wanted to go to every house, you may not you be able to get to. You may think you've got into a house because it looks like the other house you've gone to. But whereas mm-hmm. you can easily send mails to people like you mentioned they did in Hungary, mm-hmm. or maybe have them fill details online. Basically, there has to be a way to do that that doesn't involve some paper trails like what we had or just the same thing with the um, election election registration. How would mm. you tell me that you already have NIN, you already have... BVN. BVN. So people have international passports and you want to do election. Driver's license. And then people have to still fill in forms and do all of those things. Whereas it's easy for you to maybe thumbprint and your details come out and you have your card ready. Abu. You know, first... if okay, go ahead. Sorry, a funny thing is how I literally just realized that we have multiple forms of identification, but they are practically almost useless. Because um what's what's like so you were talking about the we have BVN, we have NIN, we have this, this, we have that, that. If you think about it, if they already have the details of certain Nigerians, yeah, doesn't it just, will I say, make more sense for if you want to like count population or whatever, instead of going around the whole country saying you want to count somebody individually, individually, this, this, that, that, should be the people that you already have their, what's it called, their details you keep those ones one side, and then the ones whose details that you don't have, those are the ones that you can now start focusing on and saying that, okay, you actually want to go and capture their data. Because what is the point of capturing the exact same data of the exact same person multiple times? Three like formats. Through a different format. It's the same bet of dates that they will ask you where you want to collect your passport. The same one that they will ask you where to collect your driver's license. The same, this, the same thing. So what's, what's, what exactly is the point of now telling me that? Oh, okay, I have to uh, see. It's crazy. <laughs> it's, it's, it's actually crazy. It's crazy, and I don't know. Sometimes you don't also, and when you think about it, sometimes you don't particularly see the way out because. Well, I... where do where we where do we have to start, start from? from? Mm. What exactly should we do first? And then it's 
do we even have and again i think another question we maybe that I think maybe may seem controversial is do we even have the resources? When I say resources, it's the fact that you know we all talk talk about how Nigeria supposedly is rich, but seeing how often we've borrowed money, I don't think we actually have any money to do anything in the first place. And yet we are borrowing money to do things that are almost insignificant or doesn't exactly do anything to boost our economy. Because why do you want to borrow money to do or to do population sensors and for that amount, and what exactly is it going to do? Or the same thing like with the election we've referred to, you did an election with the amount you they were giving for that election. There was no way for the, is it the beavers not to work optimally during the election? It it, it is not excusable. I don't think that makes sense because- It does. How could you spend that kind of money? And there are a lot of people who could not get that. Um, their what's it called? Register to vote, even with all that money. What was the money going to? Okay, those are even registered to vote. How can you still not be able to count their vote immediately as they are doing the voting? And again, why would you use after the money you spend? Why couldn't you use a system that allows people to just thumbprint and their voting count? Why were you still wasting money on paper and buckets in big buckets? <laughs> <laughs> it's it almost sounded like it's 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 ridiculous at best to be honest mm. and very cruel because why it's a lot of things it's it doesn't make any sense i know i'm not even the data they were even presenting because i don't think anybody actually has the number of people that have reached out for food that are dead and we think mm. we keep on seeing an increased number of people registered for voting after an election. But the yeah, number yeah. of people that eventually vote does not mm. correspond with Correlate, the number of people yeah. that are registered. So how many of the people that are registered are really dead? How many of them have traveled out of the country? So how many, because we have to really, this is one very important data we need to make sense of the data we have with the election. Because if we, if we said, how many something people registered, how many of them were new registration? How many of them are in the country, how many of them left the country within the time they've registered? How many of them are late? How many of them, after registering for the election, maybe traveled out for the, before the election date? It's a very important data that we should have. And it's like, I don't know if anybody has it in the first place. And again, millions of Naira, sometimes billions, would get into some of these projects and nobody's going to be held responsible. See, um, okay. <laughs> honestly, like, okay, so yesterday, but I don't know yeah. if you saw this video, but there was one video that came across my timeline where this woman was paying 25,000 naira for rent in one place like that. And this one's 5,000 or 5,000? 5, it's 5,000 naira. Oh, I saw it for 5,000. Five thousand naira a year, and uh, she said that oh, she makes five thousand like, a year. A year, yeah. Oh, okay. And she said that she makes like two thousand to three thousand a month. A month, two thousand naira. That's like two dollars in a month. Yeah. And that's what someone is expected to survive. You know, one thing that pisses me off is um. What's it called? I, I don't want to bring like religion or God to this or whatever, but when people say things like, Oh, you should be grateful that you are alive. Oh, or okay. if I, think alive. I, saw the, but I didn't watch the video because I saw someone in tweet about being grateful because of one thing. Mm. I'm like, What mm. the heck is this? When I saw the mm. kind of nature of the video, I'm like, No, I don't even want to. Oh, I'm like, Why would you say someone should be grateful that they are alive if this is the type of life that they are living? And there's literally no, will I say, light at the end of the tunnel. There, there's no, that person probably can never imagine their life getting better than that. That is what they were born into. That is what they grew up in. And that's probably all they are going to know for the rest of their life. And... The thing that the thing that was just paining me yesterday is the fact that I know that individually there's just so little that I can do. But what was just pissing me off is the fact that 
when it comes to talking about things regarding Nigeria, it just, it just, will I say, got to my head that there's a whole lot of people who are living a life that is similar to this woman's life, if not even worse. And if you're going to be honest, when it comes to making decisions that, um, will I say, affects the country, these people are not taken into consideration. It's almost like they don't exist. But yet, these are the people who are probably majority of the country's population. But, you know, they are just, will I say, a number on a population census sheet or whatever. But, you know, will I say our, our politicians or people who make policies concerning human lives or whatever, don't consider their lives as, I, I, I don't know, I beg, I don't know. I, I, I see what you mean. And it's it's it's, it's heartbreaking because like I said, I didn't even watch that one, but because, but I, there's one that someone sent me on Instagram that I watched where she says she pays 5,000 Naira monthly for a house. And then in this house, the kitchen is also like an outdoor kind of kitchen thing. She showed her bathroom and for her, for her to move from her room to her bathroom, she had to go through I don't know, it's not a canal because it's very small, but it's like a muddy water with like mm. blocks a step you have to cross to get into the bathroom. And I was like wondering, if you get into the bathroom that way, by the time you've had your shower, you basically come in and put yeah. your leg into the germs. And exactly. it was, it's, it's a very, it's, I really, I don't even know how the content creator managed to do that kind of, and she eventually gave the, gave, gave the man 15,000 naira. And I was there thinking, how many more people are you? Because I went to his page and I realized that this is like kind of content he created. I didn't watch any other videos, but I was like, if he's going to these people and putting their in bringing out their life, because this is quite invasive to actually want to visit someone, get into someone's room mm-hmm. and have a mm-hmm. apartment. But you do this, put them in a in a vulnerable situation and they give you 15,000. How many 15,000 would you give? People? Don't give yeah. How you many know, people honestly, are you going to give it to? And then what is that going to do for them in the long run? Because 15k yeah. is three months rent at best. Yeah. I mean, it's big money for them, but at, at mm-hmm. best, three months rent. And then what happens? Because this one said, according to my, she, she washes clothes. So, so for some people, she collects 250 naira. Some people, she collects 300 naira. She has three children. And like you said, it's not just the fact that these people live this life. Also the fact that they, maybe there's no future ahead because what kind of future would this child be able to dream? And I'm saying this because growing up, there were dreams I didn't have as a child. I grew up in Oka, mm-hmm. by the way. And by the standard of whatever Anambra State, okay, by the standard okay. of whatever it means to live an, a will I say middle a middle life life whatever I think my family was well to do in that regard. I mean my parents mm-hmm. did sold motor spare parts, so you don't call them exactly poor people. Mm-hmm. But there were things I couldn't dream about just being someone that was growing up in Oka. Mm-hmm. I also realized that the older I, because I look back at some of the things I'm like. Some of the things I dream about now, and I'm like, there was no way I could have dreamed that dream, even though I went to my mm. schools in Oka at the time. Now imagine these people. I don't think anybody in that family is going to any of the best schools in the location they are in, if at all they are going to schools. Mm. So there's actually no way to imagine a life beyond that small space because mm-hmm. life you imagine is basically a function of who is around you and then what you can aim for i have parents that are very hell-bent on at least at the very least she's going to go to um, invest in this family at the very least and they're able to achieve it my yoga size is in our finals so it's like that was a kind of a dream at the very least and we have people, we know people that are going to school. So it's not like it's not something, going to university is not like the biggest dream, but I'm just saying like, these are small, small things that can define dreams for people. When you yeah. have a parent who can barely, or can only manage to pay 5K in a slum, I don't think their dream is so much about you getting university education. I think the dream at best might be, I mean, I might be, I might be projecting, but you get my dream. Like the dream may not be so much. I mean, they may actually have dreams, but they may not also be able to wrap their head around how those dreams are going to achieve. Yeah, yeah. And then again, even how is it achieved? Because if you're paying that amount for rent, based on statistics, I think most people spend about 30% of their earnings on rent. So mm-hmm. which tells you again, how much are they going to be using for feeding? What are they Ooh. going to be? And then with the, you know how it is to, the older the children get, the more their fees are going to get expensive. Like it's, yeah, yeah. it's, it's, 
crazy. And it's sad when you think about the fact that the this international bureau of statistics or whatever now have a new way of to measure employment, which is the whole thing about if you that want to hour a day, that means you are I'm like one hour a day in a country where the minimum wage is about 30,000 naira, yet a bag of rice is more expensive. See, wait, can I say something? Yeah, that minimum wage, 30,000 naira, thing, it's a lie. It's a yes, very it's on paper. Big lie. It's actually a big lie. It's on paper. I literally have a cousin who went to university to study education and he got a job as a teacher and they were paying this guy 7K, 7,000 naira in a month. And he was teaching social studies. He was teaching business studies. He was teaching um, civic education. He was teaching basic science. He was teaching computer studies. And the owner of this school said that, okay, you know what? It's 7,000 that, that, that fits you. 7,000 that will pay you. Okay, like, okay, fine and good. Let us say that the school fees that they are not collecting is not much. But if you know that you cannot pay somebody a livable salary, why in heaven's name, are you even starting a company or a job or a whatever in the first place? I, mean, I can also I can also get it that okay, maybe you need to start a business to like make some living for yourself and all. But I feel like that's just the problem with Nigeria. That will I say Nigerians in general, that once we are able to have an advantage over anybody, basically anybody around us, the first thing that comes to our mind is a way to exploit that advantage. And it's 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 uh, um, it's it's a fucking mess. And like you said, yeah, it's it's the whole thirty k thing is is on paper. I don't even think every state in the country pays that minimum. We just alone the private individuals. And I think the thing you mentioned about private individuals, the truth is, as unfortunate as it may sound, there are a lot of businesses that cannot afford to pay thirty k. Mm-hmm. They cannot afford it to. But what can they do? Because if you shut out the business, even though that earning that amount need that money to be able to keep body and soul together, like it's yeah. a, it's a very dicey situation. Because if you, if you stop your business, this will maybe jobless, yeah. and then you yourself yeah. may not be able to take care of your own family because you don't have mm-hmm. any source of mm-hmm. earning. So it's like, and as much as I want to say that they are cruel, but it's also like like the school you mentioned. If actually, I think if, if they do their maths, they may not be able to pay everybody thirty k. And then, but what can they do? Will they stop having the school? But people need to learn because some of these students are learning yeah. from these schools. Mm. And some people are earning their living from this school. Like, school very yeah. And again, it's, nobody's even checking all of these things. Nobody's checking all of these things. Like, it's... it's do, so. Do you know something that crossed my mind? It's the fact that the Hungarian forints, which is the Hungarian currency, and the Nigerian naira are almost... Will I say the same thing? Maybe not now, since like I think a dollar is like a thousand. What's it called? A thousand um, naira. Naira, yeah. Yeah, but what I'm trying to say is like in regards to pricing systems, in regards to how money works, the value of money. I think Hungary and Nigeria are on the same level, or are supposed to be on the same level, because. Yeah. I remember there was a time last year where one Hungarian forint was equal to one Nigerian naira, but yet the minimum wage here in Hungary is like one twenty or is it one fifty thousand forints? Now the question is, where how many people in Nigeria are getting hundred thousand a month as a salary, or how many people? And another funny thing is that one might come over to Hungary and see that things are a bit more expensive than they are in Nigeria, which obviously makes sense. Yeah. But um, somebody might complain that, oh, this type of prices cannot work in Nigeria. But if I'm going to be honest, that's exactly the perfect price that you're supposed to be charging for that type of, will I say, service or for that type of product. But the fact that the people who are buying your products are so poor that you you have no choice than to ask for um what I call it will I say discounted discounted prices yeah and you end up getting inferior products inferior products and services like there was one well there was one tweet I saw was it today where one bakery shop was complaining about the quality of sugar in Nigeria and I was like even sugar self is getting 
And, and the worst part is that there's nobody's checking because at size the part that prices is, is shaping some of these things, there are no systems in place to check that this quality is up to par. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense because yeah, yeah. it's not just importing products. Who is making sure that these products we are importing that the quality is safe? Mm-hmm. And then what is the safe quality? Because they have to set the standard first before you're able to yeah. basically check to okay. be sure that it is being met up to. Like mm-hmm. it's 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 crazy. It's crazy. And I think we've actually gone on a rant for like about an hour. <laughs> See, Omo, oh, God of mercy. If they call every Nigerian in the world to come and give a rant on Nigeria, we'll probably rant, even, we'll probably rant till Judgment Day. Probably carry the rants into heaven. I'll tell you. Because, <laughs> you know, sometimes you meet a Nigerian and you're like, oh, you're happy you meet a Nigerian. Before you know it, you guys are talking about the bad government. Yo. And it's such an annoying thing. And also, I think even because... Initially, when I was out of the country, when I was in Nigeria, when my family or relatives from abroad called me and they start ranting, I'm always like, well, you people are taking Nigeria too seriously. Why are you always ranting? Well, of course, I'm ranting too, but it's just that I always thought they should talk about other things. But some of the rest, now that I've left the country, I think I tend to even rant more about Nigeria than I used to. Because, Niger- you know, when you are facing something directly, sometimes you don't have the strength or the bandwidth to talk about it. But now yeah, you, you don't just face it and you're like... Yes, but basically, when you talk to people that are going through it, it's it's mm. a whole mess and it's very annoying. Yeah, and I think we have to like basically conclude so we don't have because I don't know what the people are going to listen are going to even be dealing with. If not, maybe complain, complain, complain. Mm. But so let's quickly conclude. I'm going to basically ask you, given your experience so far in Hungary, what mm-hmm. advice would you give someone who is planning to move to Hungary? Oh, Shiva. Me, if I'll be honest, though, if I'll be very, very honest, I don't think I would wish my worst enemy to come to Hungary to study. Not because, like, Hungary is a bad country. It's just that school here is hard. <laughs> oh, it's very, very hard. So, honestly, if if you want to go to, will I say, any European country to study, I would say that the farther west you go, the better. The only problem is that it's more expensive. But you see all these countries that were close to Russia, all these, they are yeah. Hungary, they are Ukraine, or be they are Romania. I, I don't know the type of drugs that these people are on when it comes to education, but it is, it, it's crazy. But I mean, there are people who have sure come here, they've graduated, so I guess if they could do it, anybody else can. So personally, my own advice is that, number one, I'm sorry to tell you this, but Nigeria did not prepare you for a university, will I say an international university education. There are a lot of things that you would have to unlearn and relearn, not just in regards to education, but in regards to how you interact with other people. I remember coming here, it took me a while to learn how to reduce my voice when I was talking because everybody was like, ah, why are you shouting? Why are you shouting? Yeah. Sorry, <laughs> but basically, there are a lot of things that you'd have to unlearn and relearn. And honestly, I would say, like, if you want to jump out and look for international education, I would say, um, other than the fact that the academics here is quite, um, in regards to the opportunities that it brings, that it opens um, up for you, I would say, yes, it's completely worth it coming over to Hungary because like I said compared to the other western countries like UK like um, Sweden I think education is free in Germany but then you start thinking of cost of living and stuff like that but basically yes comparatively Hungary is more affordable and um, the what I call it, it's it's in the EU and it's in the Schengen mini mini. So yeah. that 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 alone just um well I say opens up a lot of doors for you. Cause yeah, I mean, if you have a Hungarian residence permit, the Germany that you wanted to go and study in, you can go and you can go and visit the place with the Hungarian. Yeah. Um, well, I call it permits, and another thing is getting a temporary 
um, is it temporary or permanent residence permit permanent here? Yeah. It's not as difficult. Like, I don't think a lot of people know about it like that. So I won't say it's as competitive as something like Canada or um, the US or maybe the UK self. But yeah, getting a permanent residence permit here after graduating is not so difficult if you just follow all the yeah. yeah all the procedures all the steps they are supposed to follow and honestly after you get the permanent residence permit it's it's an eu permanent residence permit at least for now that's yeah. until they kick hungry out of the eu i don't know when but <laughs> yeah once you have that i feel like yeah you're good I'll be, I'll be a better off than a lot of other people. So, yeah. I think that makes sense. And I think it's, I think I like the part that you're honest about it because like you said, school is hard in Europe. I don't know. Again, I can't measure, compare with what you have in Hungary, but I've been mm-hmm. honestly surprised at how difficult it is studying for a master's degree in Germany is. And I've thought about, maybe I should actually stop this rubbish. <laughs> I'm writing my thesis. I just have to see it through. I mean, yeah. What choice do I have? It just, yeah. I just have just to see it. it. <laughs> I think I like that you're honest about the whole thing, so people don't have um too much expectation. Because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, one of the things I think I've realized also that you're going to you, you whatever the whatever country you're going to, it's not going to be your exact expectation. It's either mm. going to be worse off than you expected or a whole lot better. It depends on what your expectations are. To be honest. Mm-hmm. yeah but i think i think it's important that you were honest about that then once again thank you so much for coming to my podcast and thank having us at this moment of ranting about nigeria i think it's actually a befitting thing to do considering that we have our independence and it doesn't seem like we are anything has gotten better from what it's how old are we be. turning again it should be 63 i think oh, yeah, yeah. and this is 2023 63. Oh, Jesus yeah. Christ. And I wish Nigeria happy to so whoever is celebrating, to be honest. What is it? Thank you for joining. Would you want to be found somewhere on social media? Oh, if people could follow me, I mean, yeah, sure. Uh, my Instagram, or yeah. my Twitter, which one? Oh, my Instagram. Anyone you prefer. Uh, do I spell it out? Or... Yeah, please. Or just call it out. Okay, so my Instagram is Timilane, which is T I M I with a full stop an underscore, another full stop, then L-E-H-I-N. Okay. Did you get that? Yeah, I got that. So you prefer Instagram? Yeah. All right, once again, thank you for joining. And of course, thank if you listen to this part of the podcast, thank you for joining today's episode. And I hope you enjoyed it or at least learned something or you got angry like Timmy and I. And I hope you come for the next episode and maybe it's more easier for you to listen and you don't have to be worried about the whole rant about Nigeria. We have to, we have to, we try to be pleasant the next time. Do enjoy the rest of your week and follow the podcast on your preferred streaming podcast platform. Leave a comment and share with whoever you know would enjoy this. Do enjoy the rest of your day. Bye-bye.